Hi, and welcome to Fashion Talks, the podcast about observing the world through the lens of fashion. I'm your host, Donna Bishop, and today is a designer spotlight episode, and I'm delighted to have Nikki Yasmeni of the label... Yes, Sammy. <laughs> Darn it, I was practicing so much and I That's messed okay. it up. Um, uh, from the label Narciss here in the studio. Sorry to mess up your name, Nikki. That's okay, Donna. <laughs> That's um, okay. Uh, Narciss is an absolutely stunning label that Aww. specializes in special event, evening, custom bridal that I know is embraced around the world. And I don't want to say too much else because obviously this is all about getting to know you. So, Let's start at the beginning. Can you tell me a little bit about where you were born and about your family? Sure. Um, I'm going to go right to the beginning. As you said, I was born in Innsbruck, Austria, and my parents are from Iran, so we're Persian, and uh, my dad was getting his PhD there, so I was born there, and I lived there up until two and then moved to Iran. I was there up until eight, nine, then moved to England, and at around 13, um, I moved to uh, back to Iran, and then at 16, to Canada. Wow, jet-setting from the very beginning. Yeah, I guess you could you could call it that, <laughs> jet-setting. Yeah. I know, it always sounds very glamorous, but I I'm know. sure at the time it's very No, hectic. you hate it. You hate it, especially as a kid. Absolutely. You, you leave your friends, and you have to get into a new environment, especially when you're in high school. It's difficult. You come in at 16, everyone's got their own posse, and, you know, it's, it's difficult. But, you know, you learn a lot. Absolutely. Well, and I want to come back to that because I, I have a question about um, your creative endeavors and maybe what that was like when you were moving around a little bit. But so you but I want it before we jump into that. So your dad was working on his PhD. And did your mom was your mom a professional? What was her? Did she have a, a so, profession? Yeah, I mean, so my mom, uh, I guess my background, and my fashion education that everybody asks about whenever they meet a designer is my mom. So she taught me everything I know about um, dressmaking, design and um, fashion. I mean, obviously you grow over the years, but she was my main inspiration. That's what I saw the most, her work. So she's for as long as I can remember, she's done custom um, dressmaking, custom gowns. Uh, custom bridal so that's been always around so that was her she had studied um, fashion design and um, yeah so she always had that all on the side so um, and then my dad was a university professor so he uh, he was a professor in German literature European literature so um, that was him he was pretty different pretty strict I guess in my life. <laughs> uh, and um, yeah as a as a family you know his side is also very artsy I guess you could call it um, uh, one of the uh, f- famous painters in Iran is actually my dad's uncle so um, there's that influence as well yeah. so even when I was young you know oil painting watercolor painting painting for me was a big thing it was a big uh, you know people now get on their iPad I guess that was my iPad. I created my own scenes. And um, yeah, so that's what I did since day one, that and, you know, knitting, fashion, sewing, all of that was Lots all around. Lots of creative influences. Yeah. What kind of kid were you growing up? Were you a girly girl? Were you, what did, what were you into? Um, I 
was girly when it came to, I guess, dressing up in certain times. But uh, for the most part, I really like to get out there and be outside. And I was a bit of a tomboy. I mean, uh, whoever I talk to right now about it, they just don't believe it. But <laughs> I really was. I just felt like uh, boys had more fun because they were outside playing, just did whatever they wanted to do, and uh, I wanted to be a part of that, not have tea parties inside, you know, and just sit in a pretty dress and... Yeah, I know I design dresses, but... <laughs> I know people can check out the website at Fashion Talks and see your beautiful feminine self and why that would be funny for people to hear you being a tomboy. Did you dress like a tomboy growing up or did you, because you were surrounded by so much dressmaking from your mom, was that, were you kind of this awesome, you know, clash of tomboy activity, but feminine dressing? Yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, I see my daughter right now, and it just reminds me of how I was. It was, you know, you can get up one morning, you feel girly, and you put on a dress, or you combine them. And when I was a kid, it wasn't like how it is right now. You have so many options. You have so many different places to shop at. So you are limited in what you had in terms of an outfit. So uh, my mom used to make us outfits. So we were really involved from day one as to what we want, you know, made. So look at you with custom clothing from a young I age. I know. Look at that. <laughs> yeah. And then you had to be more creative because if your options are limited, how you combine things, you just you just end up being more creative. You know, you, you make your own things, you, you know, drape it differently, you put it on differently. So it was different depending on the mood, depending on the day. So there was sometimes a clash. There was sometimes just pure tomboy and, you know, just all sorts of things. And were you, were you kind of dressing in a way that was a reflection of your peers, like especially when you were living in Iran and in England, or were you easy to pick out of a, out of a crowd, so to speak? I think one of the biggest things I've always had in my life is I did not want to look like just I did not want to I guess um, camouflage into my environment <laughs> I not totally the, get it <laughs> not, not for the sake of not camouflaging but I also just felt like I I wouldn't feel like me if I didn't wear what I wanted to wear so I would, not, I would not wear something because everyone else was just wearing it I totally get what you're saying. And did that translate into when you were a teenager as well, like that same sense of confidence and independence and not wanting to camouflage into the crowd? Yeah, I mean, more and more I get it now that you just are the same person. You know, even though I'm much older now, mm -hmm. but when I compare myself to, you know, um, around when I was 10 or my teens, I feel like I'm the same person. I think the same way. It just You just grow with experiences. You know more. But your process of how you think or how you feel ends up being very similar. Mm -hmm. I wasn't this other, whole other person. I'm the same person. You know, you just realize that in different stages that you get through, you know. It's true. Thinking, what what is that stage going to do to me? No, nothing. I mean, I've got two kids now. I always wondered what happens after I'm a mom. Will I be a different person? Yes, you have more feelings, other feelings, but you your process is the same. Yeah, the lens you look yeah, through the world the through, it, it, like your lens might change because all of a sudden you have maybe like you're older or you're at university or you're a yeah. mom, as you say, but your core 
yes, is, same. is, is the same. Yeah. And so what were you into as a, as a high schooler? Like, were you, were you designing clothes? Were you doing more performance arts? Were you doing sports? I would say I was a really good kid. I did my homework. I did really well in school. Um, I was always great in sciences and math. And just because, you know, of where I had been, I mean, I lived in Iran. And there, if you want a bright future, you need to do well in school. You can't just be, you know, failing your classes and all of that. So you need to do well, no matter what subject you want to get into. Because, you know, obviously, um, university education is important over there as well so for that I just wanted to make my life easier and do well in school so I've got options so for me having options has always been key well and I bet with your dad working as a PhD like having that kind of academic pillar in your home yes there was a, a value on education and higher education And for sure. And, you know, obviously, always it was ingrained in me that art is a hobby. You know, you you need to have a solid foundation um, that will get you through life. If you want to have certain things that you want in your life, if you want to have a better life, you need to have an education. So, you know, you can hold a job and you can have these jobs. And so for me, it was always important, you know, go through all these stages, make sure you're successful in them so you can go to the next stage. And so I was I I think of, um, you know, when I was in my teens, I was studying a lot, you know, and then when I had a bit of time, I was painting or designing or making something. So I, maybe it might be boring, but that's what I was doing. That For me, was interesting because I was kind of trying to be um, playing both sides. I wanted to make sure I'm you know, safe with my future. And I also, you know, needed that outlet. I always needed that outlet. So were you making your own clothes in high school? Uh, I was, I was, um, I mean, it wasn't just high school, even before that, uh, it was all around. So I just couldn't, you know, if you, if you see someone always around you designing custom making for someone, you're just bound to pick it up. I feel like, I mean, uh, my sister, I have a a sister who's three years younger than me. She was the same way. We're both, there was a time where we're all three of us, my mother and the two of us were knitting, you know, so we, had, you know, months later, we had all these sweaters or whatever dresses, you know, so as you ended up going through all these phases, it's kind of like a fashion university. Oh, my mine. gosh, I love it in your very own home. And so yeah. did your mom have a studio in your home? Yes, then where she, she would see clients a, and whatnot? Yes. She always had a studio and for her, she didn't go out there promoting herself. It was always a word of mouth that got her to, um, got different clients for her. So she's always had that. And then when we were in England, she was, she had, she worked in different, different places uh, for mostly kind of couture evening brands Mm -hmm. and um, bridal. So she's, her expertise has been in the area that I'm actually in myself. So, um, yeah, and one of the biggest things she worked for, Victor Edelstein, which was a royal family designer. Uh, which, yeah, a lot of Princess Diana's gowns were right. by that atelier, yes? Right. right. What an sure. influence to have that just be around you all the time. Like you just, you don't know how that's going to impact you when you're that young, right? Like, it's just like, this is mom doing her thing and there's just sequins and fabric. Yeah, it's just normal. And normal. Yeah. It's all normal. around you. 
and yeah, you don't un- you don't understand how different your life is, and then it's to you it's just that's that's your life. So, did you have? Do you think it impacted your relationship with the fashion industry then as a teenager? Like, did you read fashion magazines? Did you see it as something that was there for like that kind of? consumption entertainment or was it just this is what mom does and this is why I have this in my life um it's it's tough to go back and dissect it was it's almost like it was in my life it it was important you know we cared about the way we looked and not because of other people but because that's how we were and it just you know it I know I was a happier person if I felt put together you know yeah and we were never told to dress to impress anyone else but just kind of dress to make yourself happy and enjoy it and it was to us it was you know it's it's also a creative outlet and expression of who you are you know and what you wear is that something you observed your mom communicating to her clients as well like that notion of just be be joyful in what you in what you wear so to speak look is that part of her philosophy as well yeah I think for her it was always you know wear what makes you happy and she wasn't the type to ever put rules around this is what you do or this is what you don't do and uh, you know we still work together and she's still like that which is great you know just to not restrict yourself not to have these rules because I think rules just stifle creativity and And it's just, I don't know, with fashion, just have fun. So you just described, you know, your home is kind of being your fashion university per se. So you didn't go to design school then? No, I didn't. I I have an MBA. So, I mean, just going back, Mm -hmm. I, I did well in sciences. I enjoyed sciences. So for me, I always wanted to be a a doctor, medical doctor, so I could uh, support my fashion brand. So that was my main plan. You could you A plus ambition. <laughs> yeah. So then I ended up getting into medical school and dental school in England because my also other goal was get myself back to the UK. Right. So I got in there and, um, you know, in my interviews, I did talk about my uh, ambitions for uh, having a brand of myself, uh, of my own. And, and so while I got into those schools, they said, you know, just a recommendation, you have a spot here, just a recommendation, do a project for us where you go and interview some doctors and some dentists and see how they feel about your plan. So <laughs> how progressive of them. I know, I know. <laughs> so um, so I ended up going to talk to a bunch of doctors and a bunch of dentists. And yeah, so it was all unanimous that, you know what, this is pretty absurd. And um, yeah, well, you can do that. But by the time you'll get a chance to actually do what you want to do on the fashion side, you're going to be, you know, quite a bit older and um, you still need to have dedication to your, you know, medical career. You can't just kind of do that on the side and do this. So based on all that, I decided, you know what, I need a more of a versatile um, education um, than, you know, uh, medicine. Uh, so I got my MBA at the time. So um, and there when I got my MBA, one of my specialties was arts and media, which um, 
you know, I saw it as a way to give me a business foundation from an education perspective, but I did think that it's still important to go and have a job out outside in the field in a related field, I guess. So that's that that muscle of practicality was still oh, being yeah. exercised. Oh yeah. It's still it's still around. I love that you were looking at anatomy like in all its many facets. Like it was fashion and it was and it was the body, literally. Yes, yes for sure. For Two sure. sides of the same coin. Yeah, I, I think they're all related. I mean, in my opinion, if I I guess if I weren't a fashion designer at this point I would be a plastic surgeon maybe you know so that was one of the ones specialties that always you know had me interested in the field and when you were doing your MBA and going to university did was fashion still a big part of your life were you still making making clothes yeah I mean that's always been around um but uh around that time I was a buyer so I worked as a merchant so uh I was in merchandising so for different retailers um I would travel the world and I would go to vendors and I would buy so I worked for big retailers I worked for Shoppers Drug Mart I worked for Metro I've done apparel from a more mass perspective I've done different product lines done home food so I've done all of that in terms of buying but how what an amazing like education literally to get such a swath of the industry like to get business understanding to get buyer understanding and this is all prior to starting your label that's true I mean I'm so lucky to have had that chance because I did definitely learn a lot and every day um, in my business right now it does affect the decisions that I make because of what I've learned so it's definitely uh, I've grown because of it I love that because I think there's often this assumption especially if you're doing something in the creative arts that you have to start it like as early as possible in order to you know increase your odds for success and what your story is sharing is is like you did all of these other things before really committing to your creative creative arts that was such a beautiful foundation for for where you've ended up yeah I mean it um I always say everyone's story is different everyone's path is different there's no one path obviously you can start from you know high school and you can do all of that which in a sense I did naturally because of my life, but um, it's also, you know, it could also work my way as well, where you go and work for different retailers to really get the concept of how it is to create a product and put it in front of consumers and sell to them because you have an obligation. You are, you are buying on their behalf, right? So uh, it's a really important job. You mean they've kind of the consumers have trusted you for you yeah, to it's go a huge out there responsibility. and think about what they would need and put it out there on the shelves and you get direct um, feedback from them whether they want it or not yeah. afterwards, <laughs> right? So you have to be really cognizant of um, who your market is, who you're targeting. So all of that is really was really key in my background. But having said that, you know, there's different, different paths, which Absolutely. is so fascinating to hear about different designers and how they got into it. Right. So I always tell everyone, you know, anything is possible. So just if that's where you want to go, you'll find yourself in it some in some way you'll get there. 
I agree. And so you finished your MBA. Yes. And then, and you, and you're, you've been working as a buyer. When did, when, when did you begin your label? What were the next steps before Narcissus was born? So, um, my husband and I, Stefan, who's uh, my partner in business as well, we had a brand. Uh, it was a graphic T-shirt brand. So we had that for a couple of years, and uh, it was an interesting line for us. It was almost like warm-up, and then uh, Narcissus happened six years ago now, so around six years ago. So before that, we had that T-shirt label, which gave us you know, a bit of... Um, you know, sales are so important. Your product is so important. But when you're starting a brand, obviously, sales is key, right? Mm -hmm. You need to be out there selling your line. Otherwise, there's no sense in creating a product. So that was a bit of warm up for us. And then um, Narsa started. And did Stefan come from a fashion background? Or did he just did he have complementary skills to you? And the two of you decided to try business as well as life? Yeah. Together. So, I mean, it's interesting because Stefan and I met, he's Austrian. So he was here, he was an exchange student and we met at Schulich. I did my MBA at Schulich, half of it and half of it in Holland. And uh, we met there. So, and then it was a bit of long distance and then he moved back to, um, he moved, not back to, he moved to Toronto. Right. And um, yeah, so his background is business and film. So that's his background and he worked for the film festival for about nine years so that was his background and uh, we just worked well together I feel like we don't um, we don't uh, duplicate efforts. We kind of establish, and this is what you do. This is what I do. We always. And get what each are your different feedback. roles? How do you uh, divide? Like, are you? Are, does he design and you design, or is he the more administrative? How do you define your roles? He's in the more. Business? I would say he's more the administrative, more the business side. Although I do get into the business side as well, and then I'm definitely a hundred percent of the creative. Mm-hmm. So, um, and uh, and then the other. The other key person in our line is my mom. I still, we still work together. Yeah, we still work together. I, I, you know, she taught me everything I know. So of course she's, she's our structural engineer. She's, she's a backbone, you know? So, uh, she's there and, um, we work together. So the three of us, I feel like are good team. We, we work well together and it's a family, a family type of a business. And, uh, there's a lot of understanding obviously, but it does get tough sometimes as well. You know, so, um, but it's nice. I, I, I feel like we have a good um, balance in what we do. And I think that's important. I think you are so lucky to have this like team of people you trust yes. that all of you work together. I mean, from talking with uh, lots of people in the industries, a lot of people are a lone wolf out there, like trying to do everything on their own. And it sounds like you've really, um, by accident or by design, managed to to create something very different for yourself. Yeah, we're definitely blessed with that. And um, though I've always been a believer of you need to have the right people on your team 
to make things happen. You can never be a lone wolf. I feel like a lot of amazing things are created because of many people behind the brand, you know, and I believe in working with great people and trusting them to do what they do. Otherwise, you can just, you know, you can you will stay small. You won't grow. You it's not it's never a one man show or one woman show. You know, it's always a many people show when a brand is successful many people were involved so what made you or you and Stefan transition from graphic t-shirts <laughs> to an evening wear label um, I think it was mostly his push uh, for me to get it started because I've always talked about, I want to do this. This is my, you know, this was always my end goal that this is where I want to end up. So it was his push of... um, There was a TFI. uh, Toronto Fashion Incubator. Right. Toronto Fashion Incubator, um, I guess, competition. Uh, Was that the new labels? It's the new labels. So he, um, I don't know how he came across it. And then he sent me that a week before the application deadline was up and said, hey, you know, you've always talked about this. So here's a time, you know, put your money where your mouth is, I guess, (laughs) you know, and I got a, I had a week to pull all of this together but you know for me it wasn't so difficult because I was constantly doing custom dressmaking and you know all of that was around me so for me sketching you know I I'm an illustrator I I sketch and um so for me it was pretty simple to pull it all together and um what what it what was great about it was that it gave me a deadline yes just said here there you go and I saw it as a real deadline I actually incorporated the business at that time you know so for me it wasn't more like yeah we'll we'll apply to this we'll see how it goes and it wasn't that it was more like okay here we go here's the real this is the beginning this is the beginning and what was that collection like like what are some of the do you remember any looks from that collection oh yeah for sure I mean we still have some of the silhouettes that I did back then because it just um I think I guess it it keeps coming back to me um it was the initial collection was very different I mean I had few back from some of the judges that you need to design in black and you know I went and revised my design so the final collection ended up being black so but it was very textured so it was a lot to do with you know stronger um, strong woman silhouettes and um, powerful shoulders and high necks and I still have those elements in my designs if you see my collections uh, I mean it's slightly different now but um, every season it changes but um, I still have some of those elements in there and uh, yeah, it was a it was a great experience because it just helped you helped you pull it all together, and you know, and right then we started wholesaling with the first season that that first collection. So I wholesaled that first, that first collection, collection from like as a, an application to the Toronto Fashion Incubator new labels competition. Yeah. The label Narcissus was born, and out of the gate, you began like grown up business, like your wholesaling. Yeah. Um, I mean, we uh, we incorporated the business here and in London because, again, my goal was always to kind of, you know, head back uh, at least, you know, part time to London and be in the UK. And so we did that and we initially started being um, present in Paris Fashion Week and Milan Fashion Week 
in showrooms. So we did, because a lot of the buying happens in showrooms. So we presented in showrooms and right away we got into the Middle East. So since then we've been in the Middle East, which is our, one of our biggest markets, uh, just because evening wear is a lot more prevalent there and you know, people don't need excuses like a wedding to wear a gown to. They have a lot more really events. Yeah, they dress up way more. So um, I feel so we we have uh, quite a bit of stockists there. And what was that experience like sh- having you know showrooms in Milan and Paris? Like was that? A real that must be a real milestone for you as a designer, or what was that like? Yeah, it's a it's a big deal. It's a big deal. We showed in uh, also London as well. Um, I mean, with Milan, it's we had an agent that we worked with in Paris. We did it ourselves through an agency. Um, in um, in London, it was through Scoop, which was in a at the Saatchi Gallery, which is this beautiful gallery. Um, so we started kind of uh, you know differently I guess and um, again everyone does it differently when they start out but that was our method just because of my buying experience I knew kind of that's how some of the labels had started that's how I came across some of the labels so we ended up going to some of the trade shows that I would have picked up some brand new labels from so that's how we did it again because of my path right so it's all about the path. Yeah. It's all about the path. I love it. Now, I was fortunate enough to see your most recent collection at Aww. Toronto Fashion Week, which was absolutely gorgeous. But I can't Thank help you. but think when you're describing your first collection with the new labels competition and how it was black, but still very textured. Yes. I mean, when I think of your, when I think of Narcissus, I think of color as well as texture and just this sense of like beauty and and joy that comes from your clothes how how when you think back to that original that original connection collection and where you are now how do you how do you see them working together like how do you kind of feel like you've grown as a as a designer since then um I feel like one of the biggest things is this whole you know, have fun with it, try to be in the moment, try to do what makes you, um, you know, um, you get joy out of seeing your creation and your creativity. Uh, I feel like I had it back then. I did put myself into a box of making it all black, but um, that really didn't change me, I think. Um, Yes, right after that collection, I was so done with the color black that I thought (laughs) I'm not having black in my next few seasons. So I took those completely away. And it was so interesting because at that time, you know, um, the feedback we were getting, we were at Holt Renfrew and we were getting this feedback on, um, you know, what the black is not doing as well as all the other color, which was lucky because we only had two styles of black uh, dresses at that point, which we had produced. So people were looking for for color because, you know, everyone has a black dress. Yeah. It has to be really outrageous with the texture for it to really stand out. Whereas with color, you know, if it's an interesting color, you know, people will, you know, I don't have a purple dress and if they like it and fits well, obviously all those need to work as well, then uh, it becomes an option. So, um, yeah, I, I feel like I do have black now in my collections, but it's a it's a small number within within the rest. So. Oh, I love the the deep V black sequin oh, gown that's I'm, part of your recent collection. Hey, I want to see you in that. Oh, 
Okay, be careful. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I've, I've also just been thinking, like, when I think about, like, the the beautiful, beautiful designs that, that you do and how there was this this like instruction to go for black like I guess that's also trying to set you up for what the consumer is looking for as well right but as you discovered sometimes you just need to trust your own your own gut on things yeah which is which is an important part because that's one of the things that I find season after season um I think uh the fact that I used to be a buyer uh also changes the way you think and now I realized that with a fashion brand, you don't necessarily need to think so much like a buyer, a little bit like a buyer. You still have to put a lot more of your own influence into the line because season after season, you see a lot more. So you design a percent of the collection is designed obviously for you know what you know your customer wants and then a percent of it could be that you know you just say you know what I want this to be just me you know so you do that and um, as season after season you kind of get confidence because you see that your me part is also doing very well which ends up being your almost like your signature right it starts translating into your signature and you just do more and more of that and kind of the both sides of the collection start, you know, combining and overlapping, which is which is nice to see. And I think I guess that's more getting experience. That's how how it all works. Well, and you're never the same designer as right. you were the next time. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And so that so and I know you do Narcissus Mini. Yes. Tell us about what's Narcissus Mini. So Narcissus Mini is um for an age group between one and nine, I would say, for girls that, um, you know, want to be embellished in dresses and kind of match their mom. Uh, we used to make a lot of custom um, custom dresses for younger girls. Yeah. And we just incorporated it into our line. So we just thought, you know, that that's a line that it's not, you know, uh, it's not something you can easily find out there. Oh, it's totally true. So it's difficult to find. So we just uh, we just thought we'll come up with some of the designs that have done really well for us and put it into the collection. Well, and it's just delicious. And in the spirit of you're never the same designer as you are with your next collection, I can only assume that it was in becoming a mom of a daughter yourself that that helped inspire Narcissus Oh, for Mini, sure. Or was oh, it something sure. you'd been thinking about I did, anyway? I did leave that out because um, I guess the biggest part has also been that every time we had a collection, I had my daughter... Um, in the uh, at the fashion show, she's always been backstage um, before the show, and she's always said, "Let me just let me just wear those dresses and walk out." And I've always told her, "Well, the dresses are way too big for you." And she's, you know, obviously doesn't make uh, you know a hundred percent sense because you know you're talking to a four, three, four year old, mm-hmm. and she says, "You know, I'll wear heels, oh, so, so fits me." <laughs> and you know, and so it was kind of all came together where you know we were making a custom uh, a, a pretty big custom project for um, a wedding where we had a few dresses that we made and it was around the time where she's insisting on you know walking on the runway and uh, so we just thought you know what um, let's make a collection let's make a mini collection and it's our mini narcissus line so she was definitely a big inspiration behind it she always tries to put them on and you know uh, dress up 
podcast. Well, and now she is getting a variation of your experience because exactly. she's got her mom, who's also a designer with all these beautiful fabrics and fasteners around and her grandmother's there. Like yes. it's it's like this awesome, those nesting dolls of, yeah. you know, recreation <laughs> of this awesome, unique experience. Yeah, it's true. What do you think she'll want to go if she wants to go into the fashion business? I don't know. She tells me she wants to be a rock star. So <laughs> I have no idea what she wants to do. <laughs> What are your thoughts on the on the fashion on the fashion and industry these days? Like as someone who's steeped in it and has such an international, you know, swath of experience, what are you observing that you think is really really interesting or really exciting? I mean, I think it's really exciting that uh it's almost like uh I feel like we don't have that many rules anymore and a lot of people can do their own thing. There's a lot of, um, because of this whole social media and, you know, just um, styles being available for everyone to see, I feel like everyone can just be out there and create a look and, you know, and show everyone that it doesn't need to be so... um, you know, strict. It it doesn't need to be so strict. People need to have fun. It's about it's about making you happy. So, uh, I love that, and I I love that there's just basically an open field for everyone to uh, enjoy themselves. I I feel that it should be like that. And when you think back to um, all the collections that you've done, are there any? pieces or looks that you think uh, and I know this is kind of like asking a mother to choose her favorite child oh, but <laughs> are yeah. there any are there any looks that you're like ah oh, that one like really stands out for me hmm. um I would say um it's actually on the cover of Wedlux right now. There's one dress that we have. It's a pink cover. It's a beautiful cover. I mean, Wedlux always does a great um, cover. Uh, we're on the cover with this uh, 3D floral dress, which is, it's really um, embellishing the body. So, so just there's the that anatomy are, again, Nikki. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the flowers are strategically placed in different parts, um, and I think it's just uh, to not take away from a female body, which I think is beautiful, and uh, it's to really embellish what you have. I think it's uh, not about covering, so it's a it's a little bit see-through, but uh, <laughs> I think that's one of the ones that I I love. I mean, I do like the other pieces. Obviously, I designed them, but uh, I, I like this one just because I feel that it's pretty confident, you know. You go out there and you just embellish the parts that um, are beautiful. I mean, all parts are beautiful, but. I love how you talk about embellishing the body and not covering the body. Yeah, I think it's important. What's the origin of the name Narcissus? Why that name for your label? Um, it's my uh, middle name. So, yeah, it actually comes from the flower Narcissus, which is um, daffodils, I guess. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty popular name in Iran. Um, it's pronounced differently, but... Um, how is it pronounced? It's in- pronounced Nargis. Really? Yeah. It's very difficult to pronounce here. So everyone would be like Nargis. So yeah. Yeah. 
I love it. Thank you so much for being here today, Nikki. Um, You can find images that we've referenced in our conversation. Like we'll put the Wedlux image on the website so people can go to fashiontalks.ca and see images from some of the things we've talked about today. You can follow Fashion Talks on social at Fashion Talks Podcast. And where can people find out more about you and about your label, Nikki? We have our online store, Narcissus.com. We're also on Instagram and Twitter and our handle is underscore Narcess N-A-R-C-E-S oh awesome thank you so much and you can follow me at this is Donna B that's B just the letter B and Fashion Talks is produced in partnership with CAFA the Canadian Arts and Fashion Awards to find out more about CAFA you can follow us at C-A- F-A-W-A-R-D-S. Thanks very much to our wonderful sound engineer, Christian Ryan, and to Margarita Brighton, our fantastic production coordinator. If you enjoyed the episode today, and I really hope you did, please spread the word however you can. It really helps us uh, get the word out there. And if you feel inclined to give us a high five to rate and review us on iTunes or the podcatcher of your choice, please let us know. Thanks for sharing on social and subscribing. It's so appreciated. Until next time, this is Donna Bishop at Fashion Talks.